Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Sam Smith Radio. I find libraries sexy. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Recently, there was a thread on the Sanspants subreddit, r Sanspants Radio, where someone was going through all of the Sanspants crew and deciding what kind of Pokemon gym leaders they'd be. Since reading that, Doucher said to me personally that he thinks he'd be Ghost instead of Dark because he thinks dying would be pretty funny. And when I asked Ryder if he'd be normal type, he was like, what? What are you talking about? If you want to throw in your two cents, head to the Sanspants subreddit, r Sanspants Radio, and join this and many other discussions. I would be a professor, by the way, and I would only hand out dittos and that one that is just a pile of garbage. I don't remember its name. Welcome to this week's episode of Movie Maintenance, where some movies just need pitching. This week, the next Indiana Jones film. So in 2019, in July, the middle of July, I think, we are slated to get Indiana Jones 5. Mm-hmm. Steven Spielberg's Confirmed? coming back. Mm-hmm. Confirmed. Spielberg's announced. directing. Spielberg's directing. Harrison Ford starring. How involved is George Lucas? Probably not much, because this is a fallout from the the Disney deal. So right. when he sold, just um, confirm this for me, when they, when he sold Star Wars, mm. he sold Indiana Jones as well? Yeah, so the same when company? he sold Star Lucasfilm? Wars, yeah, he sold Lucasfilm. He didn't just sell Star Wars. So does, when, does that have Indy? Yeah. Sweet. So when they... Um, so he's out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> pretty happy about that. <laughs> yeah, like, get rid of him. Come on, mate. Sure. Two out of three folks are coming back, not Lucas, though. Okay, cool. So, yeah, right. But when they sold uh, Lucasfilm to... Disney, Disney immediately announced new Star Wars films, new trilogy, blah, blah, blah. Mm. And everyone off to the side was sort of like, hey, yeah, but what about Indiana Jones? Because you've got that too, right? And they're like, oh, maybe. We don't know. It's just quietly bubbled away, hasn't it? Like, haven't heard anything about it. I thought we might have when they cast, what's the dude's name who they cast as Han Solo? Uh, 
Because I just figured naturally they might be like, hey, let's get him for a reboot of Indiana Jones. Yeah, yeah. But there's none of that. So it's it's going to be Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford, yeah. And Interesting. Mm. He's like, like oh. 70 now. He is a spry old man. Yep. Well, he did and break a few bits during the Star Wars. Yeah, when yeah. Had, like a door landed on his foot yeah, or something. something like that, Which, when you hear that, you go, it's a Hollywood movie door. Right. It's probably made out of polystyrene yeah. or something. But no, yeah. apparently it was like a heavy but door. He's pretty old. Yeah, I read yeah. it. And then his plane crashed? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I read an article year. recently that, that says, jump. like, the door falling could have killed him. <laughs> yeah, I read that too. I'm like, oh, wow, oh, what, what kind of door is it? <laughs> so, in that mind, that is why I feel going back to Indy in 2019 with. Spielberg and Harrison Ford is kind of a mistake. Yep. Because uh, while I do adore the Indiana Jones films, not Crystal Skull, but, you know, the others. Yeah. I don't really want to see Indy any older than he was in Crystal Skull. That's, like, my limit. Yeah, Goose, are you pitching sure. a, a film without Harrison Ford? I am. <gasps> Shock. I'm a kind of okay with it. I was going to come in today and I thought, you know what, Goose, you've got a bit of an uphill battle convincing me that I need an Indy 5. Mm. Wait, so you're calling it Indy 5? Like, is he, or is it, it is Indy like... 5 in the sense that it is the fifth Indiana Jones film. It is not chronologically All the right. fifth Ooh, Indiana okay. Jones film. Chronologically, it will be the fourth. But... How do you feel about Indy becoming like a James Bond type character where it just passes? It, would that be your intention? That, so is you exactly, in charge? that is exactly my intention. I'm totally okay with it. How do you feel it. about it? See, I'm on board. Indy's got a lot of adventures in him that I want to watch. It's an awesome and period. Harrison Ford has Whenever there's Nazis times. involved, I'm like, we've got some good stories here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, right? An archaeologist fights Nazis? I yeah. can watch that forever. It'd be perfect. Indiana Jones would be great as a TV show. They really did have a TV show. The young, that with the young Phoenix? Indiana Jones. Yeah. Was it River Phoenix? I don't know if River came back for the film. He was in right. the film. I yeah. don't think he was in the show, though. Okay, I haven't yeah. seen the young Indiana Jones adventures. I've heard they're absolute shit. Yeah. Yeah, they probably were. Yeah, Harrison Ford was in one episode, I think, though. Yeah, like, he was. Like older indie. Yeah, yeah. He, had his, yeah. he had his um, fugitive beard on at the time. <laughs> oh, really? great. Yeah. How great's the fugitive? I just remembered that movie. I haven't. Is this? No, I haven't seen it. Is this Tommy Lee Jones? Tommy Lee Jones, yeah. I don't think I've seen it. never seen it. No, I don't think one of Harrison Ford's best roles, and probably really? Tommy Lee Jones' best role. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I mind Tommy that. Lee Jones. Yeah. Well, then he's, what's he been in lately? so cantankerous, though. Oh, really? He was in Jason like, Bourne, and that was Oh, yeah, flat. that was a new one. Yeah. Alicia oh, Vikander's in it, though, and I like it when she's in things. Yeah, oh. She's in everything. So. <laughs> yeah, she is. <laughs> she is in that movie, absolutely. And Who does she, she play? She plays uh, this agent that's sort of looking for Bourne. She's a very modern agent, and they could have done some very interesting things with her, but yeah. they didn't. And she's playing an American, and here's something fun. Can't do an American accent. She can't. Ooh, I, see, all. I would have said going in, I would have been like, she can do anything. Yeah. <laughs> can't do American? Can't do American. She oh, just is straight up British. Oh, really? She just couldn't do it at because all. Because she's it's British. Swedish, right? Yeah, she's, she's Swedish. Yeah. And she like, does, she, I think she's trying to do an American accent in the film, but she's, because it's like a British accent with a bit of twang. Right. Like longer A's. And yeah. How do they approach strange. like the whole Jeremy Renner thing? Oh, uh, there's like a not tiny, to get too sidetracked tiny... from indie, but yeah, how do they do it? Do they like there's like a tiny, tiny reference because part of the film it's all about hacking and stuff. And Jason oh, Bourne, yeah. gets I love this. when Hollywood do hacking. It's just like someone this typing is real quick. A surprisingly <laughs> hacky film, is it? Yeah, really? it was so disappointing. But they like, got this Bourne's list. Bourne's not doing the hacking, right? No, other oh, people are. Yeah, he's yeah. doing the punching I mean, and the kicking yeah. and the hitting people with he's a rolled up that, newspaper and, and that sort I like of thing. watching him do that. Yeah, it's pretty good. He doesn't do nearly enough of that either in this movie. Gosh, what was your favorite Bourne? Oh, Ooh. Ultimatum. Was that the third? Second? Third. Third one, I think. Mm. Supremacy was second, wasn't Supremacy it? Supremacy is Identity, Supremacy, I Ultimatum. Liked, identity, yeah. I thought it was cool. Identity, was identity had Clive yeah. Owen, right? Yeah. 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 yeah, cool. I love all yeah. those three films, Identity through Ultimatum. Yeah. I think it's like this unsung, amazing trilogy of films. 
They're pretty great. solid. Yeah. And they changed the way. Like, they changed James Bond, really. Like, yeah, when absolutely. Daniel Craig came back, of, it was more a lot, Bourne really. style. Yeah. Sure. Although, could you say that 24 influenced Bourne? I think Bourne came first. Did it? Oh, wow. Bourne mm. came out 2001, Chris 2002. Swan, 24 was like 24 99, was like but I don't know, though. Oh, it was 2004. Yeah, it was like mid-2000s. Anyway, 24 is awesome and everybody should watch, I watched, like, all the nine first... seasons of it and the movie. I watched like the first half of the first season yeah. and it was just, I couldn't get into it. It was a bit dated. Oh, I fucking love mm. it. I'll tell you this, people who, who like it, season eight's crap. Right. Um, but up until then, the first like six, seven seasons, every season for me got better. I loved it. Yeah. But anyway, back to Indy. <laughs> well, it's <laughs> funny that you should mention uh, James Bond just now talking yeah. about Jason Bond. Are you going to cast Daniel Craig? No. <sighs> no. Pierce Brosnan? No. <laughs> He's already in your Phantom movie. Yeah, no, I'm yeah. trying to get his career back on. I'm, I'm very supportive of that. Yeah. I'm, He's great. I'd love to see more Pierce Brosnan. He was great in uh, The World's End. Oh, yeah. I forgot he was in that. Oh, yeah. I love that film too. I Wonderful. don't love it. That might be my favorite of the Cornetto trilogy. Whoa, I think Shaun of the Dead is the best cool. film, but Hot Fuzz is my absolute okay, favorite. Fuzz, yeah. it's got the so I could just watch that Fuzz. forever. Hot Fuzz yeah, is insanely great. Yeah. It's just so many jokes. Well, it didn't, didn't do it. much for me. Hmm? It didn't. It's just like I, I watched it. I would have thought you would have loved it because you're all yeah. about the heart. I recently tried to watch it again heart. the other night, and I was kind of like, I got through about 20 minutes and was like, oh, I'm not in the mood for this. Yeah. That is so surprising. What was it about it that didn't work for you? like Hot Fuzz has just like, for me, become like nearly my favorite movie. It's just so, you can just put on at any time and it's just great. Because it is a legitimate action film. Yeah. While also being a legitimate comedy. Yeah, and it's yeah. got heaps of heart. It's beautiful oh, and yeah. it's just dark. Oh. It's good that you mentioned uh, you can put it on at any time and watch it. Yeah. Because I refer to those films as my Raiders films. Okay. Because Raiders of the Lost Ark is the pinnacle of that. You can put that on and watch it from any moment and you're sure. going to have a great time. Yeah. yeah. And double back again. Back to James Bond. Yeah, this is how I view Indy as the American answer to James Bond. Okay. Well, like so that. you can have, like, you know, recast the actor and come yeah. back and do all these stories because there's a lot you can... George Lucas help. wanted it to be that way. Yeah. I remember initially, like, in the script or maybe it was before they did the script or whatever, but it was like they wanted him to be, like, a bit more of, like, a, you know, a ladies' man, like Bond. Like, there's that right. scene where who's his boss in Raiders who, like, comes to him and says, we've got the job, you're going to go overseas. Marcus Brody. Yeah, when he comes and he's in his, like, dressing gown. There was, like, women in the in the apartment and stuff yeah, like that and yeah. they kind of got rid of that stuff. And I'm like, no, it's a, he's a family, you know, he's a... He's a sure. good, wholesome See, character. See, they had that in yeah. Raiders, but they changed their mind when they got to Temple of Doom because Temple of Doom is technically a prequel to Raiders of the Lost Ark. Which I always found weird that they did that. The yeah. only reason why they did it is because they have a different love interest in yeah. uh, Temple of Doom to Raiders, yeah. from right. moving from Marion to Willie. And oh, yeah. Willie, i got some things to say about Willie. Okay. <laughs> Don't no. bring her back, please. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. no. <laughs> um, bring back Short Round, though. I love you, Indy. <laughs> You're my best friend. <laughs> I actually really do love Temple of Doom. I um, a lot of people give it, it a lot of shit, and it's like, the worst out of that original trilogy. Oh, definitely, but yeah. it's still great. I remember growing up, and the one that I probably got from Blockbuster and watched a million times was Last Crusade. Like that's the mm-hmm. big one from my childhood, and then it was only like probably when I was like eighteen or nineteen or twenty or something. I went back and like was watching Raiders, and then I watched Temple of Doom, and I'm like, fuck, I don't remember Temple of Doom at all. Like, did I even see this when right. I was a kid? Mm. So I don't know. I always I love Last Crusade. I think Raiders is the best. Yeah, but Last Crusade for me, I just love the whole Sean Connery's in it. It's fucking great. I rewatched um, all three of the films back to back a couple of weeks ago with, yeah. with Zamet and Ems. Skip and- the fourth. Didn't, yeah, didn't get the fourth yeah, one. I haven't seen the fourth one in a while, but I did see the fourth one more than once when it was in cinemas. Oh, really? So I don't really need to see it again. Like, did you enjoy it when it came out? I don't really mind Crystal yeah. Skull all that much. You were a young man. 
It's all right. Yeah. But it the main, it didn't have the same tone as the first three, probably because of the giant gap in between. Yeah. Like I almost wish they just made more in that decade because they would still have the same flavor that, and the fun that well, we Well, that's love. the thing. That's why I think, yeah, you guys are probably onto something when you say it needs to be like a James Bond-type transitional character. Well, mm. that's why they – part of the reason why they cast Sean Connery as his dad, Sean Connery being the first James yep. Bond. And so Perfect. Indiana right. Jones is the cinematic son. Yep. Of James okay. Bond. Though they kept nice. making James Bond films and they did not keep making Indiana Jones films up until, you know, mm. now, I suppose, mm-hmm. or whenever they get started on it. <laughs> Seems like such a long wait too. Like, what are we, 2016 now? So they've yeah. said it's coming out in 2019. That's the slated release date, yeah. such a long... Harrison Ford's not getting any younger. He's staying about the same. From it, I think he's he's, he's 70. He's not going to get any older than that. He'll always be. I'm always surprised that he and um, who's the other actor in Crystal Skull? They're the same age. I can't remember his name. I'm blanking. He was Doctor Who. Um, John Hurt. That's it, John yeah. Hurt. They're yeah. the same age. They're the same age. You are joking. Right. They're the same age. What happened to John Hurt? I know, right? John Hurt is just and shit. He <laughs> became an old man very yeah. early He's been an old life. man forever. Young? Like he's like uh, as opposed to like Harrison what was, like, Ford, the earliest film who has been him. sort of youthful for a really long time. Yeah, like he was like mid thirties at least when he did Raiders. He was yeah probably nearly like yeah. forty or something. Yeah, he was yeah. like mid. He was definitely mid forties when they did uh, Last Crusade. Can't tell because he's in amazing shape and he's still in amazing shape. And now, you're like, turfing him out. <laughs> <laughs> as a seventy year old man that he currently is, he's in better shape than I am. Yeah, like I saw a photo. <laughs> I saw a photo yeah, of him sure. a few years ago where he's shirtless at a beach. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> it's all them Hollywood dollars. Yeah, god. and a lot of hard work in there. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was whatever. But yeah, it's mostly Hollywood. Yeah, it's yeah. all magic. Absolutely. Yeah, special effects and all that. Mm. Academy Awards. I don't know. Um, Academy no, Awards? Like, yeah, for special effects. <laughs> Academy Awards. Oh, no, I thought you were like, Academy Awards give you youth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they do, yeah. What are they yeah, made they, You pull of? the head off and you drink the liquid inside. And <laughs> did Raiders like, That's why win so heavy. Best Picture? No, I think it got nominated though, surely, right? Yeah, it did. Yeah. It at least got nominated. I thought it won. I don't think it won. Uh, maybe that's one of those like great robberies of set, like in Academy history. Yeah, maybe. It probably should have won. What's your opinion on when people are like, yeah, Indiana Jones is not... You know, crucial to the plot of that story. I don't care at all. Yeah, I don't give a shit either. I think I think you're it's... watching Indiana Jones. Yeah, like... but if you had the thing like, if yeah, you take, yeah, if he wasn't in it, I mean, there are like small things. Like if he hadn't been involved in the story, the Nazis would have got the round amulet off Marion in the Himalayas, and they would have got it a lot sooner. And yeah. maybe things would have been a little bit different. Marion mm. probably would have been tortured to death. Yeah. So it's a good thing he stopped doing that. Yeah. I kind of think it's like a positive of the movie but Indy doesn't matter all that much yeah. and it's still so seamless and he still yes. owns it you know yeah it's still very much his I movie. love it I don't care what people say yeah. <laughs> fuck people fucking people yeah. hating on Raiders gosh I love Raiders oh it's good like how how high above the others do you rate it it's a good it's a solid distance yeah not a mm. massive one because Last Crusade is fantastic and a great uh, final film for a trilogy too. Yeah. Because I didn't realize it until I watched it again recently, but that film shows you the first adventure of Indiana Jones yeah. and it shows you the last one mm-hmm. or what was supposed to be the last one at the time. Yeah. And right. it's a really nice bookended way to write a movie. Yeah. It's, it's quite a beautiful film that I steal from all the time. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> like no, seriously. Well <laughs> I can't imagine stealing from The Last Crusade. Yeah. <laughs> Who would do such a thing? But when I tell people you know, about Indiana Jones, I just say it's a trilogy. 
actually. Like, <laughs> I don't even count Crystal Skull. No. And even mm. even to that, I'm kind of like, you can really just watch two of them. Mm. You know what I mean? Oh, no, we can't leave out Temple of Doom. Temple's all right. I love Temple. I love the, the start of Temple so much. Because imagine this, it's the mid-'80s. You you know start a production on the sequel to Raiders of the Lost Ark, this huge movie, this blockbuster film that made absolute stars, mega stars out of Spielberg mm-hmm. and Ford, mm-hmm. and like proved that Lucas can do no wrong. It's this huge thing, and someone, I guess Spielberg, well I forget who wrote the film. I know that a uh, guy who wrote Force Awakens, Kazdan, yeah, the wrote first one, yeah. Raiders. I don't yeah. know if you wrote Temple of Doom. I'm not sure. I can't remember. But someone would have said at some point, yes, the sequel to Raiders of the Lost Ark, the biggest adventure film in decades. We are going to open it with a musical number and a different language. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> it's, it's all coming big back to big brass me now. balls yeah. to do that. I I quite like the the start of Temple as well. Actually, it's the whole James Bond thing, right? Yeah, yeah, it's great. It's until he jumps out of a fucking plane on a mattress or fine. something, doesn't it? No, it's an inflatable raft. Oh, they sort of, of saw down and they land on a slope. See, but it I makes don't... total physics sense. Yeah, yeah, but I would argue that is part of the fun, right? Yeah. There is, there is a fair yeah, I'll bit give you of, that. you know, suspending belief. But then when you get to, like, Crystal Skull and Shia LaBeouf's, like, swinging through the trees like a monkey, and you're just <laughs> yeah. like, nah, fuck oh. off. <laughs> See, I think Shia rough. LaBeouf probably would do that now as some sort of artistic <laughs> piece or something. He would like, oh, can we go, like, I wish I could go back 10 years. If I filmed that now, fuck, I'd be good at it. We wouldn't <laughs> special effects <laughs> fucking Shire god that film mm. the biggest problem so you're not bringing him back no he would be a child where did they end did they end with him as the kid like he was the son right yeah, yeah he's the right. son yeah, like yeah. he was Indy's son Indy's yeah Indy and yeah. Marion's son yeah. oh, that was such that was just shit yeah. that film just collapsed under all the weight because it had so much stuff going on reuniting Indy mm. with his love interest Indy and his mate Ray and, Winston Ray Winston mm. yeah Guess who's making Colton a comeback? Jonesy? Well, I feel like get to the fourth one and suddenly he's got like this new nickname. It's like, what? <laughs> you want to know how he's going to get that bloody nickname? Stick oh, around, buddy. Oh, okay. boy. Okay. I'm getting excited. I actually don't have a plan for that. Fuck, <laughs> fuck, fuck. <laughs> uh, I'd also had Kate Blanchett, who I'm not fond of. I love things. Kate Blanchett. I think she's the best actress in the world today. She's and she was Lord of the Rings. horrible. Horrible mm. in Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. It's pretty yeah. bad. Which is an indicator of how off the rails your movie has gotten if Kate Blanchett's yeah. terrible. If you're yeah. making her look bad, if you're giving her a bad accent, pull, pull your shit together. Actually, yeah. I watched, um, I put Crystal Skull on because you've been planning this one for a while. So I was like, I'll give Crystal yeah. Skull a watch. Mm. Um, this is a few weeks back, but I only watched like the first 10 minutes. Literally, like the first five minutes of that movie is like that. Those, just those people driving a car down the road. Yeah, it starts with that. And they're not involved in the film at all. Yeah. The camera just follows them and then it follows somebody else. And then they drive off and then it goes whoop and then it moves into like the military base. And it's right. like, fuck Spielberg, what? <laughs> what are you doing, man? Who do you think they were making that movie for? The diehard fans or a new generation? I think they they probably went somewhere in between somewhere, and, and fucked I, it. Yeah, right? Yeah. That's what I was going to get to because they're trying to sort of remind you about everything. Yeah. It's like, like you're saying, they're throwing too much at it, mm. as well as obviously introduce these new storylines and what have you. But then, yeah, it turns And they just lose themselves in the tone of it. And, yeah. And on top of that, Harrison Ford's, you know, 20, was it about a 20-year gap or something in the movies? I remember the gap between uh, Last Crusade and Crystal Skull was the, like, exact amount in terms of years of release and years have gone by in the film. Oh, really? like, I think it was, like, it. 16 years or something. Yeah, that's cool, right. but it's kind of like what you said before. Oh, I kind of like indie stories that are in the 30s and 40s. Yeah. yeah. They've, they've, I think that's his perfect time, yeah. do you know yeah. what I mean? And anything now... And you, But you're seeing a bit of a... Com- like, look at Stranger Things yeah. and, you know, Super 8 and those sorts of movies. Yeah. 
I think people want that. They want the, I'm going to say whimsy. I don't know if that's the right word, but. Yeah, I know what you mean. I love yeah. that shit. Yeah, that's just a whole more of it. So what year is your Indy 5 in? Mine is, we'll start in 41, but we'll, we'll swiftly jump into 45. So what, what year was Last Crusade? 38. Okay, yep, yep, yep. So Tumble yeah, Doom's but you're, 35. you're approaching it without Harrison Ford. Yep. It's just Indiana Jones adventures. Against Nazi scumbags. I do have a replacement for him, but we'll get to all the casting at the end. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I like to. I like to hold that back. You know. Right. Yeah. You like always the... start with the casting. Because I'll, I'll let my mind run wild. Then who would I cast as Indiana Jones? <laughs> How old is he? Who he would be forty-five at this point. But Indiana Jones forty-five is not a regular forty-five. No, it's like thirty-five. Don't say rusty. Rusty can't pull off 35. <laughs> <laughs> you will cast Rusty in anything. Don't, don't you be coming on me. No, I've moved on from Rusty. Oh, good. Oh, I just why? sent someone a happy birthday message and it was like Russell Crowe from Les Mis. <laughs> <laughs> just ruining days. All right, Indy 5. Yeah. All right, Indy 5. 1941. Indy 4. All right, so we open on the Paramount logo, as always. It dissolves and changes into a painting of a mountain on the sign for a pub. We're in London. It's 1941. There's a light rain. We follow a convoy of black cars driving down London streets. It takes us through the wartime city into what looks like a regular series of townhouses in London. You know, there's long strips. They all yep. look the same. Yep. Men exit the cars and walk to the doors. A visor on one of the doors opens. The leader of the men from the cars says, Hail Hitler. The door opens. Fucking Hitler. It's crafty Hitler. <laughs> and they enter the building, revealing a large and hidden and secret excavation. Okay. Colonel Stagg, the leader of the Nazi troops here, inspects the dig. The on-site supervisor says they're nearly into the crypt, but they need to blast it open. And they can't do that without everyone knowing. The foreman asks Stagg how they should proceed. Stagg smiles and orders them to wait and checks his pocket watch. Soon after, the lights go out, sirens start blazing, and we hear planes over the head. It's the Blitz. Oh, boy. Boy, indeed. Oh, thrown right into it. Getting right into the mess, fellas. A shifty-looking Nazi, Nazi, nasty Nazi, <laughs> at the back, leaves the room and scampers off someplace, and Stag orders his men to blow the tomb open while the bombs are dropping to hide the noise. They do. They enter the tomb, and in it, at the end, is this ornate, royal-looking sword lodged in large stone. <gasps> oh. You haven't. Oh, I might have. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> Colonel Stagg smiles, orders them to clear out the debris and retrieve the sword. Outside the house, the shifty-looking Nazi, who we will come to know as Mac, has gone back and brought a platoon of British troops. They attack the house and there's a small gun battle in the street. Stagg orders the men to repel them. They can't, they can't stop us now. We've worked too hard for this. Stagg leaves some men to guard Excalibur and goes <laughs> to engage Mac and the British troops out in the street. Some more bombs fall. It's a bit hectic. Very crazy. Lots of sp- spraying gunfire everywhere. Yep. Some bombs fall in the backyard of the house, causing a hole to happen in the tomb that they've just dug out. Mm-hmm. The two Nazis guard the door to the tomb diligently. And behind them, in between them and Excalibur, we- there's this hole. This big old hole, moonlight shining through it. Beautiful. And in this hole, a whip drops down. Oh. <laughs> And a man in a leather jacket and a fedora slides down the whip and sneaks towards Excalibur. He nearly gets it before he treads on a stick or something loud. The Nazis turn and see him. One of them spins his machine gun around, tries to shoot him. Indy gets his whip out, latches it to the front of the Nazi's gun, spins the gun sideways. The Nazi accidentally shoots his mate. 
Indy <laughs> fights the other Nazi off and tries to get back to Excalibur when more Nazis turn up. So they stop him from getting Excalibur again. Yep. He fights off these Nazis, a bit exhausted, finally walks over to the stone, grabs the sword by its hilt, pulls it out. Oh, oh boy. Oh. No hesitation. More Nazis rush in, a couple of guys with bayonets. Indy has a sword fight with Excalibur. <laughs> <laughs> fighting off the Nazis. Can we just repeat that sentence? <laughs> yes, yes we can. <laughs> Indy fights off the Nazis with bayonets with Excalibur. <laughs> Shivers. Like everything I've ever wanted in the whole life. <laughs> he wins and he's about to leave when even more Nazis come down. These ones are well armed and they're not messing around. Yep. He backs up, pulls his whip out, latches it to a beam on top of the doorway, pulls it, caves in the entranceway <laughs> on the top of the Nazis, scampers over them and tries to get out. Yep. Now, the, on the outside, the Nazis have won the battle in the street, and Stag sees Indy, now has his caliber. Indy runs and climbs up the house and gets to the roof and starts running across the rooftops of the house of these houses as Stag orders his men to shoot at them. Eventually, Indy latches his whip to a lamppost down in the street, swings down to the road, and in doing so, loses his hold of Excalibur in the process. Stag now gets hold of Excalibur, oh, gets it, into Indy. a car and legs it. Fuck. Indy gets into his own car nearby and... Chases him. Okay. So we get a car chase through London during the Blitz. Bombs are falling still. It's totally dark. They're ramming each other, trying to get them off the road. Is Some... Spielberg directing? If not Spielberg, you have to get JJ, but I would like Spielberg, yeah. I'm just, I'm just very like, it's Indy and Saving Private Ryan. Yep. Yep. Cars oh. are banging into each other. A few other Nazi cars join in the chase, but they get hit by bombs falling from the sky. Mm-hmm. Eventually, Indy and Stag's car are neck and neck. And he climbs out of his car into Stag's car, punches Stag for good measure, takes his caliber back, tries to get back into his car, but Stag's holding on, and they're having a bit of a punch on, leaning out of the windows of their respective cars. While they're both driving? Stag's, Stag's car will have a driver, driver yeah? and that's carrying Indy's car forward. Cool. Should Indy have a driver? If we wanted to, we Do could we have, have like Mac. a friend for yeah. Indy? Or? Oh, yeah, the Mac, guy. Mac, Mac was, was the, the dodgy Nazi, right? The, the dodgy trader. Nazi, yeah. yeah. So, He's the nice right. Nazi. The nice, Mac, nice Nazi. Right. Yeah, good. <laughs> good. Mac was driving. Cool. Okay. And, okay, cars are neck and neck, and they're heading full speed towards the Thames. Yep. <laughs> Indy sees this, tries to fight off Stag, but Stag is just ferocious. He's not letting go. Indy gets a hand free, grabs Excalibur, hits Stag a few times with a hilt. Stag still's not letting up. <laughs> Fuck it up. Indy brings Excalibur down on Stag's wrist, separating his arm, releasing his grip. Indy gets back into the car, and Max swerves away. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Cut his hand off. Yep. And Matt and Colonel Indy's Stag, not fucking around. <laughs> Colonel Stag and his Nazis go straight into the Thames. Beautiful. Title, just about. Okay. Indy looks into the Thames. The Nazis no longer there, mm-hmm. but it's okay. Indy has Excalibur. The day is won, and that's the end of old Cold Open. We focus on the running water of the Thames. The dark, the dark black water becomes nice, clear, crystal blue water. We pan up, and now we're in 1945. Outside, Ooh. what looks like a nice church. We're inside, and it is the funeral of Henry Jones Sr. So we've jumped four years. Mm-hmm. All right. Wait, 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 what? <laughs> <laughs> funeral? <laughs> oh, my God. That was amazing. I'm not ready for this. <laughs> not was, yet. That was the oh. best double take I've ever seen. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Funeral. Here we are in the funeral of Henry Jones Sr. Oh, Sweet old Sean Connery. Indy is giving his father a eulogy. 
touching on how they were separate for a lot of years, how it was Henry who was responsible for the man that Indy is today, how he taught him so much, and Indy is only now just realizing his most important lesson. He wants to follow in his father's footsteps from here on out, be more like his dad. Essentially, Indy is saying he's retiring from fieldwork, he wants to move into academia full-time. Indiana Jones the Adventurer, done. Oh, once you get Excalibur, I mean... <laughs> this is not the fun going Indy, we all remember. Death of his father combined with all the years in the war. Indy's tied. Indy's beat. Indy is done. Oof. Afterwards, as Indy walks to the graveyard, two G-men try to talk Indy into helping out, into a job. Indy tells him to beat it. He's done fighting. One of the G-men hands Indy a card saying they just need him to consult on something. It's okay. And it's urgent. That's how they always get you, these G-men. Yeah, they always come to you. Yeah, you to do work. <laughs> I'm sick where, of it. That's where I met my G-man. <laughs> <laughs> So we cut to Indy teaching at Marshall College. Yep. And Indy is a bored teacher with bored students in a boring class. Oh, they don't love him anymore? They don't have the little I love you in their eyelids or anything <laughs> like that? Again, this isn't the same Indy. Spark's gone out of Indy. <sighs> yeah, there's nothing Shit. left to love. Not the life, the bounce has gone from his bungee. Yeah, the... <laughs> there's no crack in his whip. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Indy leaves his class, sits in the office staring at papers, books, grades, manuscripts, and eventually sees the G-Man's calling card. He knows it's not the right idea. He knows it's against his better judgment, but he sighs and calls the number, agreeing to consult only. He can't not satisfy his curiosity. Mm-hmm. Indy meets with them, and they debrief Indy on some trouble they've been having. Now, they say. The Nazis are all but done. We won the Battle of the Bulge, and most of the Third Reich are running back to the fatherland, with tails tucked between the legs. Everyone except for your old mate, Colonel Stag. Oh, boy. Oh, bloody Stag. Colonel Stag has been running all over the Mediterranean, collecting Stump artifacts. Now, huh? <laughs> Indy says he knows. He spent the better part of the last three years racing Stag across the globe. What's the trouble? Half the artifacts we hunted with wild goose chases, and Stag never got his hand on anything that was super important anyway. Of course, these guys have been like crossing paths in the last... Oh, this is good. I like this. Is there, is there a pun on never got his hand on anything? <laughs> <laughs> yes, there is. The G-men say they know that's been the case so far, but now we have reason to believe that he's got his hand on something very valuable <laughs> and very dangerous. Our counterparts in the UK say that Stag's SS division have found a weapon that could turn the war around. Indy asks, what's the weapon? The G-men answer, well, we don't know. This is where you come in, Dr. Jones. Stag has something called the Path to Yggdrasil. I believe it's a map of some kind. We don't know what, though. And Indy just laughs. Hmm. The G-men look confused. Indy says, you guys are getting all worked up over nothing. Explains that Yggdrasil, and I'm so, so hoping I'm pronouncing that all right. <laughs> Actually, no, it's... It sounds like a thing. Yggdrasil. That's it. Ig, not Yig. Yggdrasil? It's spelt Y-double-G-D-R-A-S-I-L. Okay. Yeah. How else would you spell it? <laughs> <laughs> and he says they're getting all worked up over nothing. Yggdrasil in North mythology is the tree that Odin, the Norse god, hang, hung himself from. The roots of the tree would connect all, to all of the other realms in the world. So there's Al realm, Mild, Midgard, the god's world of Asgard, giant's world of Jotunheim, the warriors hold Valhalla, etc. It's how gods and monsters would travel between words. It's absurd, even for that zealot stag. The Nazis are just giddy about it because they're fanatics, because they've found something Nordic. Now people are going to be like, you're going to bring Indy into the Marvel Cinematic Universe? (laughs) The G-Men aren't exactly relieved, and they let Indy know it. They're so close to what could be the end of the war in Europe, and they're not going to take any chances. They want Indy to get this map off of Stag and bring it back to Uncle Sam. Thanks to the spy and Indy's old buddy Mac, they know where Stag will be soon. He's going to be in Spain in about a week to pressure the Francoists into lending a helping hand into the war. 
Mm-hmm. They want him to head him off there in Spain. And he refuses, saying, no, he's done. Oh, he's here to consult. He's done that. Goodbye. Have a nice time. <laughs> Stag is your problem, not, not, not mine. I'm retired from active duty. I volunteered in 39, did more than my part. Leave me alone. The G-men glance at each other and get to their feet. One of them hands Indy a brown envelope. He says, I'm sorry, Dr. Jones, but it's not up to you. You've been drafted. Oh. Shit. now we travel by map. (laughs) Indy is flown to New York, to London, and finally into Madrid. Mm -hmm. When he gets off his flight, he's greeted enthusiastically by his old buddy Mac Jones. (laughs) (laughs) And Mac fills him in with a little more exposition. Stag is in the North Country, meeting with the governor of the region during the local Spanish festival. I meant to find out what the name of that was. I did not. I am sorry. They have a lot of festivals. I'm yeah. sure there'll be one. Wait, Mac is not Ray Winston's. That wasn't the same character, is it? Was his name Mac? Yeah. Okay, so it's Ray. It's the Ray Winston character. Ray Winston character. Cool. Yeah. So that was Mac was the nice Nazi. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Cool. Hence, the, hence the use of Jonesy quite frequently. Brilliant. Yeah. yeah. So while Stags get his hands full of Franco's lot, we'll nick the map of his boys and then we'll bounce. <laughs> Indy, a bit jet lagged and a bit unhappy with the whole situation, so like, yeah, fine. How are we getting up to the North Country? You're flying, a voice responds. Indy turns and is greeted by Maggie, the pilot. She's British as well, and Mac handles the introduction, saying she's the best pilot that they could get on such short notice. (laughs) Maggie says she's the best pilot full stop, and she could probably do a better job of whatever OSS has cooked up than a drunk, referring to Mac, and a has-been, referring to Indy. (laughs) Indy, feeling a bit boastful now there's a lady present, bets her $100 that she couldn't, and she takes the bet, and the three set off in Maggie's little plane heading into the North Country. Cool. On the plane... They plan their little heist. Fake names, explosive escape routes. It's a good plan. It's a thorough plan. It's a plan that is going to work. They land in the small airstrip near the town, get off the plane, and are immediately arrested by Spanish authorities on account of being spies. (laughs) (laughs) Well, good thing they did all that planning. (laughs) (laughs) Love that. Just this elaborate plan. And then, oh, fuck. Damn it. They get locked up in the local jail, and shortly thereafter are paid a visit by the police chief and his good friend, Colonel Stagg. Hmm. Colonel Stagg taunts Indy from behind the bar, saying that he only came to Spain to quickly get something, but considering staying around to see Indy executed for being a spy. Indy taunts back, saying that Stagg's trip will be a waste, that even if he is executed as a spy, Franco will never throw his men behind the Reich. Stagg laughs, saying that he's not here for reinforcements, at least not directly. Stagg's plan is grander, stronger. Indy boasts, Stagg boasts, rather, that soon he'll have the greatest warriors to, uh, that have ever lived and died in battle. Stag says that he will empty Valhalla of all its souls, that the tide of the war will turn, the Reich will last a thousand years, and it's a shame that Indy won't be around to see it. Jeez, this guy does not do things by halves, does he? He's <laughs> all in. <laughs> Indy's called Stag mad, saying he's chasing myths again. Stag says that Odin gave an eye. He gave his hand. They both sacrificed for what they believe in. Stag considers himself noble to the point of being godlike. Ego the size of a planet on this fella. Yeah. I'm, Indy I'm, says... Is he a bit nutty? I'm kind of charmed to him, though. I don't. Is it because he lost a hand and you're like, oh? Yeah, well, that he's owning it, I guess. (laughs) You know, kind of an inspiration in a lot of ways. Oh, yes, and for good measure, Colonel Stagg has a big silver hook hand. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He's he's my favorite now. Sorry, (laughs) Indy. I'm rooting for him now. (laughs) Indy says Stagg's mad. Does he actually have a hook hand? Yeah. Cool. <laughs> yep. Indy says he's insane. Stag tells Indy that he's a dead man. We're all imperfect. 
Stag says that he's found the way, finding an ancient map in northern Europe, and soon will have the key from the town's local museum of antiquities, and that will allow him to raise the armies of Valhalla behind the Third Reich. Yep. He punches Indy in the face for good measure, through the bars, <laughs> and leaves them to their fate. Now that night... That's feature Punching with a hook? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Getting the hook. The hook caught on the bars. <laughs> <laughs> oh... <laughs> Sorry, man. Proceed. <laughs> oh no, that's better. That happens. That's in there. So that night, the trio orchestrate their breakout from prison, while simultaneously Colonel Stagg's men break into the museum. And both these things happen side by side. We see them happening at the same time. Indy and Maggie and Max escape from prison. It's kind of fun. A little bit slapstick. A little, you know, lots of. Loud punching noises and swinging and it's a bit swashbuckly in stark comparison to Colonel Stagg's rubbing, which is just brute force and ugly and violent. Mm. Does Maggie do like a bit of the punching and stuff? Is she capable or is she just oh, sort of capable. following? Yeah, cool. Mm. Everyone's pulling their weight. Yeah. So they all escape. It's morning now, just just after dawn. Indian Co. decide to head off the Nazis before they can leave with the God's Eye, the thing that they went to steal from the museum. It's a round... About the size, it'll fit in the palm of your hand. Yep. This round, crudely carved stone eye with a jewel in the center of it. Mm-hmm. Indy decides to head them off before they can leave the country with that. Indy says, you guys go to the airstrip, get the plane ready. I'll get Stag, Stag's eye and the map. So they split, and we enter a chaotic action set piece in Spanish Street. In Spanish Street. Mm-hmm. It's smack bang in the middle of the festival, so it's full of people. Everyone's running around everywhere. Indy swiftly, though find stag manages to get the map and the eye off him he's boasting having a great time and as he's doing that really massive nazi comes up behind him grabs him <laughs> throws him through the wall <laughs> they indy and the massive nazi brawl throughout the streets brawling on the streets through cafes through bars it's long it's knockout it's drag out so indy can't really do much damage to this massive bloke they end up having a bit of a standoff in the street both panting both a bit exhausted both a bit bloody as they both slowly get to their feet to continue this fight, people start running past. We don't know why. Indy and the massive Nazi turn to see what's from. Top of the street, running down the hill, are a pack of bulls. Oh, of course. Oh. oh, that's good. I thought you were just going to have him shoot him. It's <laughs> <laughs> fucking so good. Yeah. Indy pulls his whip out quickly, trips up the massive Nazi, grabs the map and the eye back yeah. off of him. Indy... Jumps to safety, the massive Nazi is not so lucky and gets trampled by the balls. Oh, that's good. In this commotion, Indy does lose the eye, but he still has the map. The eye gets picked up by other Nazis that are nearby and they drive off. Indy gives pursuit and they head to the airstrip. Maggie has the plane ready and Stag has his own plane at the airstrip also ready. The two planes are about to take off and they're neck and neck. Much like the start of the film, Indy and Stag start fighting each other. <laughs> now on the wings <laughs> of planes. <laughs> Oh, awesome. As we get closer and closer to the runway, they trade the map, they trade the eye, they're still trying to get both things off each other. Yep. Eventually, Maggie is forced to take off. She's running out of runway. Eventually, it winds up that Indy has the map, but Stag has the eye. Stag's plane flies off one direction. Oh, good. Maggie's flies off another. And they resolve to keep going because they can't catch up to his plane. It's much faster, much bigger. Mm-hmm. Sure. Flying out of Spain, they're attacked by a Spanish fighter plane for because they're fugitives in the spots. <laughs> right. yeah. Maggie gets a chance to show off her flying prowess, but as the plane doesn't have weapons, they're still shut down. Yep. So she outmaneuvers the other plane to the point where the other plane crashes. <laughs> 
Maggie manages to land. crash into? Just, I don't know. Water? <laughs> sure. A mountain? Ah, uh, cool. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. Maggie's plane still shot down, but she lands it safely. And he says, I thought you were a good pilot. Maggie's like, we didn't crash and explode. I'm a great pilot. <laughs> She's like, look at that other one. You fucking <laughs> They get moving again, knowing the other plane might come back. There's two planes. And they sneak around and find a train, leap on board, and, take, and that takes them out of Spain. Train is nice. It's one of those old luxury ones with like a bar and a restaurant and cabins and all that. Cool. That night as they head through southern France, Mac goes and drinks and gambles his heart out in the cafe or casino area, mm-hmm. rather. And Maggie and Indy look over the map together. The map leads to Iceland, Ooh. straight into the heart of the island, where it's all rocks and volcanoes and ash. Nice. Maggie says she's looking forward to going. Indy wishes her luck. <laughs> says he was brought to get the map off Stag, and he has. He's going back home. As soon as they get to Paris, Maggie calls him a coward, and he disagrees. They argue, they fight, it gets heated, it gets passionate. Guess what happens next? <laughs> Train going through. You the old dog, Indy. <laughs> now, afterwards, Maggie's getting dressed while Indy is asleep, and she carefully, slowly steals the map off Indy and pockets I never, it. I never trusted her. She leaves Maybe. the cabin, heads outside, and climbs on top of the train, <laughs> looking for an escape. She gets tripped up by a whip. <laughs> Indy crawls on top of the train and talks to her. Indy thinks she's a spy for Stag. She says Indy's an idiot. <laughs> Indy asks what's in this for her. She says fortune and glory. She's planning to sell the secret of Valhalla to the highest bidder. Doesn't care much who. Indy says, you're messing with powers you can't understand. And she says, I understand, Dr. Jones. I just don't care. Indy says that he can't let her leave with the map. It has to get back to the proper authorities. It has to be in safe hands. It's too dangerous. Maggie says, she isn't leaving. Indy is. Indy Ooh. laughs, says, I don't want to hit a woman. Maggie punches him. Knees him in the groin, gives him a small kiss and a wink, and tosses him off. So he How fast is this train going? <laughs> ah, it's fast enough. <laughs> fast, like fast enough not to kill him. It's yeah. that sweet spot between he's not going to catch up, but yeah. he's not going to get killed. Yeah, it's just yeah. that perfect like movie speed where he can <laughs> yeah. jump off a train. He can land in a pile of hay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So now Indy is stranded in country France. He doesn't quite know where. He wanders for a while and eventually gets picked up by some French resistance fighters who bring him back to Mac. Yeah. Because Mac just knows everybody in Europe. He's been around. Mac got off the train when he realized Indy wasn't there anymore and Maggie slipped away when he was passed out drunk. Mac apologizes. <laughs> he says, sorry, I'll let you down, Jonesy. Well, let's get going. So I heard a nearby airport got robbed of one of its planes, so I'm figuring that's Maggie heading to Iceland. If we get moving soon, we could probably head her off. Indy says, oh, she's welcome to it. We've lost the eye. We've lost the map. We've lost. Mac doesn't buy that. He doesn't like that. Doesn't like that a bit. He argues with the dejected Indy, saying that they can't give up. The stakes are way too high. Everything you've done, Indy, is worthless if the Nazis get to Valhalla. The war goes on, gets worse than ever. Same thing if Maggie sells it to anybody. It's our duty to stop them. No one else can. Everyone's busy fighting the war. No one else will. We can get to Valhalla before them. We can destroy whatever is out there. We can blow it to bits, make it useless for anyone. Indy still isn't really convinced. Mac asks if Indy's father would just give up. Oh, I knew you were going to pull the strings of the dad. And it works. It's a real punch in the balls. What would your dad do? Indy quietly, reluctantly, agrees. (laughs) (laughs) Mac gives him a bag. Indy opens it. The hat, the jacket, the whip. It's all there. It's a nice moment for Indy because I can just imagine him being like, God, my dad thinks, but he fucking does. He does. He really does. He gets kitted up, Mac gets a bunch of explosives off the French resistance fighters, and they head out. 
No. Cut to the Nazis <laughs> camp. I love like, that little montage of Indy being serious. He's got the whip and the hat and the... And then you just got Mac just fucking around with like fireworks and explosives. <laughs> uh, I really like Mac. Mac's great. Yeah. So cut to the Nazis camp in Iceland. It's large, like a whole company camped out. Maggie sneaks in while Stag is addressing his man. Stag is giving a speech that would make Hitler bluff. <laughs> Blush, right? <laughs> make Hitler bluff? Both. <laughs> <laughs> it's all hellfire and brimstone, speaking to how soon they will have the greatest, most pure Nordic army in the history of the world to help turn the tide of the world, rid the world of the weak and the impure and the imperfect. Maggie's scared by this. It's really intense. But regardless, she sneaks past them and into Stag's tent to steal the eye. She gets it smirks and as she turns to leave is confronted by stag and taken captive <sighs> stag threatens her with torture and death has the hook hand gently <laughs> sliding Caressing. down the side of her face <laughs> good demands not no. good for her but no <laughs> stag threatens her although she's a scumbag she yeah. betrayed <laughs> yeah right. she betrayed Indy. Stag demands to know where yeah. her friends are um, maggie says jones is dead killed him and stole the map Stag doesn't exactly... That's nice of her. That's a little bit redeeming. Mm -hmm. Stag doesn't entirely believe her, but it doesn't matter. Soon she'll be dead, as will all enemies of the Reich. Maggie ponders her predicament, thinks about her mistakes. Mm -hmm. Indy and Mac arrive a few hours later. They're going to sneak in, grab the map, grab the eye, follow the map, blow up whatever they find at the end of the map. Indy goes for the map and the eye, while Mac goes to sabotage the Nazis' equipment. Indy finds Maggie while he's searching for the map in the eye and only agrees to set her free once she tells him she knows where Stag keeps the map in the eye in the camp and she can help. Mm -hmm. Andy sneaks into Stag's tent as Stag is distracted, cleaning his cook hand. <laughs> Not a euphemism. <laughs> Indy decks him and steals the, steals the eye and the map. Yep. They leave quickly as they can. They wait in the outskirts of the camp for Mac and talk. Indy tells Maggie that they plan to destroy Valhalla. Maggie, now having heard in detail what the Nazis would have done with his power, agrees to help. Mm-hmm. Indy asks, now where is Mac? He's answered by a large explosion, and Mac comes running. The trio sets out. Back in the camp, Stags orders his men to pursue, but they find all the engines of the trucks and bikes have been tampered with. Stag curses. Jones! <laughs> <laughs> the trio followed the map into the heart of Iceland. Lots of sharp rocks, small hot brings and gases, and eventually following the map to a massive, lone, dead tree standing in the middle of this sea of rocks. Okay. Mac remarks that nothing should be growing out here. And they take a closer look. This is Yggdrasil, the one on the map, the pathway to the other worlds. There's a small entrance at the base of the tree, a small dark hole about the size of a manhole cover. Indy and Maggie go in. Mac stays outside to warn them if the Nazis show up. Oh, it's only after they've gone that Mac realizes he's got no way of doing that. <laughs> it's just classic Mac. <laughs> Indy and Maggie slide down a long stone tunnel and find themselves in an entranceway filled with treasure. They move on. Indy is asked by Maggie if he feels warm. The next room they enter is very warm for some reason, but it seems fine. There are statues of snake heads all across oh, the room. Indy snakes. shudders, but <laughs> keeps going. As they get to a certain point, they trip up a pressure plate and stone doors slam behind them. The snake mouths open, and out comes pouring lava, Ooh. slowly filling up the room. Fucking hell. That'll do you. They... I thought it was going to be snakes. Yeah. <laughs> Lava's like so much more like, fuck. Yeah, that's <laughs> like, that shit will proper kill you. <sighs> they get to the highest point in the room, trying to work out how to be not burned to death. <laughs> Andy notices they're standing on a puzzle of sorts. Images in out of order detailing a snake eating its own tail. Andy works at the puzzle, puts the pieces back in order. Lava stops pouring. 
from the snakeheads and drains away. Yep. The doors lift open and they press on. In the next room is this large cavern, this large lagoon filled with Viking ships in very stations of decay. Some are fine, some are total wrecks. Cool. Now, we cut back to outside. Mac threw all the smoke and ash of the geishas. Geishas? Geishas. <laughs> yeah. Geishas that sounds right. aren't here. <laughs> that would have been a hell of a twist. Oh, wow. <laughs> Next time, maybe. Back on the surface, Mac spies Stag and the Nazis coming through all the smoke. He drives down into the hole to warn Indy and Maggie. Indy and Maggie start walking across the decks of the ships. Maggie looks down at the water and says, it looks like something's moving down there, like slithering. Ooh. Indy peers over the railing and sees that the water is filled with eels, like it's swarming with them. Don't fall in, he says. <laughs> Carefully, they walk over the rotting ships, occasionally maneuvering them to make a sort of a makeshift DIY bridge to get across this lagoon. Mm-hmm. Get a, I wrote in my notes, occasionally maneuvering them to make a bridge over these troubled waters. <laughs> <laughs> what a knob. <laughs> well done. Indy notes that there must be a way out of here. If the ships are all sailed in, they can be surely be sailed out. Maggie says they should keep going to the end, you know, do the job right. Indy says he doesn't trust Maggie. Not, not, not totally. Good. Mm. Indy says he doesn't trust Maggie and thinks they should just blow the cavern right now. Okay. Call it a job well done. Mag- Maggie argues back. They argue back and forth. And Mac bursts into the cavern yelling that Jerry is right behind him. And Maggie says that settles it. Snatches the eye off Indy and starts running across the decks. Indy and Mac give chase to Maggie. And all three end up getting pinned down by Stag's men who have just arrived. They start fighting on the ships, making their way across the ships. Maggie's such a dickless traitor. Yeah. Oh, she's still fighting along their side, technically, yeah. in this battle. She's all about fame and glory. <laughs> fame and glory gets you every time. She doesn't care about history. <laughs> they have a big old fight scene. Some yeah. Nazis go into the water, fall into this pit of eels, and there's this disgusting, frenzied swarming whenever that happens. It's nasty. Uh, it's like, like the sound effects of it. <laughs> it's just like... A mm. bunch of Nazis are on one ship. They're all firing their guns at Indy and Maggie and Mac... Who yep. pinned down Maggie, Mac, and Indy, fire their guns up at the ceiling, causing some rocks to fall on the ship, crushing all the Nazis and sinking that ship. <laughs> the three keep pushing on and eventually escape the Nazis on the boats and move on to the next room. The three share a brief moment together, thinking that they're not going to make it out of this. Nazis are right behind them. Who knows what lies ahead? Fortune and glory doesn't seem remotely important anymore. They're interrupted by deep growling nearby. And from out of the darkness comes this huge, old, scarred, grey bear. (laughs) Massive. Huge thing. The Viking bear. (laughs) Indy is out of bullets, so Mac and Maggie. Indy tries to frighten the bear away with his whip, but it does nothing. (laughs) The bear gets closer and closer and closer, and as it's about to tear them apart, it's shot by another number of times by Stag and his men. Stag says to bring them, and they're going to witness our triumph. They come to an ordate, uh, to an ordate. They come to an ornate wooden door. Yeah. Like, unlike every other door in this place, this one is locked from the outside. Not to keep people out, but to keep what's ever in from escaping. Okay. It has to be something worse than lava and a and really a, old bear. And a Viking bear. Yeah. Stag gently touches the door with his still there hand. Yeah. With <laughs> tremendous satisfaction. The non-hook hand. With yeah. the non-hook hand. And whispers Valhalla. He's finally reached it. He gets away the ropes used to lock the door with his hook hand, and they enter this great hall. Valhalla is in this massive cavern, about three, ca- about three cathedrals in length, filled with these long feasting tables. At the table sit the dead, 
dead warriors who have looked like they've died mid-meal. They're extraordinarily well-preserved. Stag notes they're almost more mummified. They, Indy, Mac, Maggie, Stag, and his remaining men slowly walk through the hall, lighting torches and examining the dead Vikings and their belongings. At the head of the hall is this tall statue with a bearded man with one eye and two ravens. It's Odin. Oh. Stag takes the eye of Odin and slowly, despite Indy's protests, walks up to the statue of the All Father and places the eye in the statue. Ooh. It's a perfect fit. Stag chants some words in Old Nordic and stands back. A beam of sunlight shines down from through the ceiling and hits the jewel in the eye. Beams of light bounce off and hit other jewels and other bits of gold in the hall, bathing everything in this warm golden light. Stag looks to the warriors and there's nothing. Indy almost starts to laugh, all of it. <laughs> it was just a myth. But then, dead warriors begin to twitch. Just the dust falls with them as this undead army starts to slowly rise. Stuff laughs like a maniac and starts yelling stuff in German, celebrating his victory. His men do the same. He oh, shouts, Hail Hitler, mm. and his men do the same in unison. As they do, this young Nazi troop, this really happy Nazi troop, screaming out, Hail Hitler, with his arm out, <laughs> is grabbed by a few of the undead warriors and is just butchered. <laughs> the same starts happening apart. all over as the undead start to attack the soldiers, start to attack everybody in the room. The soldiers fight back. Indy, Mac, and Maggie fight back. It's chaos. You can't kill the undead. You can only knock them back. Mm-hmm. Stag is panicked. He doesn't understand at all. Why isn't it working? He sees a stone, tab, stone table at the foot of the Odin statue, like a bed, almost. And realization crosses his deranged face. Sacrifice, of course. He matters himself. He turns and grabs Maggie, kicking her on the stomach and bringing her back to the table. He grabs the woman, her. Captain Hook. <laughs> he's out of his fucking mind. Why did he think that he was going to have control of them? Like, because he's absolute fanatic. These fucking it's pride fanatics. Bro. These Nazis. Oh. Uh, yeah, I know. I'm beginning to suspect those Nazis. Not great guys. <laughs> but, you know, they're, they're, they're doers. They yeah. always do things. They get their hand dirty. <laughs> oh. Speaking of hand, Colonel Stagg raises his hook hand to Maggie on the side. He's about to bring it down and a whip cracks around it. Yanks him back and Indy decks him. Indy shouts to Mac, the bomb! Get the bombs. Mac, fighting, pushes away some undead Vikings, grabs the satchel of explosives, tosses it to Indy. He throws it to Maggie. He throws it onto the statue of Odin after pulling the pin. And charges away and runs away. Stag comes to, sees the bomb on the statue of Odin. Yep. Screams, no, tries to get the bag. It explodes almost directly in his face, sending him flying back onto one of the tables and destroying the statue. The explosion knocks the eye out of Odin's and the Viking warriors just stop, freeze, and go Mm -hmm. back to being dead. Mm -hmm. The hall starts to rumble and shake. Things start collapsing. Indy shouts run as lava and debris starts falling from the ceiling. Yeah. Indy, Mac and Maggie leg it. Colonel how Stag. that would be? Lava falling lava from the fall. ceiling? Just like, raining oh. lava. It's normally dust, but this is fucked. <laughs> a bit warm in here. Yeah. <laughs> Indy, Mac and Maggie run out of the hall. Stirring slightly, Colonel Stag lies on the table and is just awake long enough to see the ceiling and the lava cave in oh. and engulf him. He gets to be entombed in Valhalla forever. Congratulations, yeah. Colonel Stag. <laughs> it's just like his hook <laughs> yeah. up out of the lava. Do we the see his hook is... melt yeah. away? Oh, no. Yes, we it's like do. Gollum oh, holding yes. the ring. <laughs> yeah. The last thing we see of Colonel Stag is his hook being melted in lava. Beautiful. Beautiful. Indy, Mac and Maggie get back to the boats and find the least damaged one. Maggie unfurls the sail and Mac and Indy roll like madmen. 
trying to get out of the collapsing cavern. The other boats around them get crushed and engulfed in flames and start burning. The trio pick up speed and manage to just escape the cavern and find themselves out in the open ocean, looking back on Iceland and seeing this massive volcano start erupting. That's fucking cool. That's good. As they do, Indy looks back on this adventure and says, you know what? I feel pretty good about myself. Oh, he's back. We saved the world. I got the girl. (laughs) Got my mate. The trio sail off into the sunset. And that is Indiana Jones and the Hall of Heroes. Hall of Heroes. Very nice. That is cool. Yeah. Yeah. Who's Indy? Indy is John Hamm. Oh. Okay. Hey. Right? Yeah. I can see that. Yeah, yeah, perfect. I didn't even, I wouldn't have thought that. Some reason I thought you would have gone younger because John Hamm, is he like nearly 50? He is actually the perfect age for this story as Indy. Because. I think I looked it up yesterday. Indy would be 46 in yep. 1945. Mm-hmm. And I think John Hamm is 45 currently. Mm-hmm. Here's my only like critique, really, because I thought it was a fucking lovely movie and I want to give it all my money right now. <laughs> we talked about it's cool having Indy in like the 30s and 40s and then you're setting this one, which I imagine will be like the first in a, in a sort of new franchise for this mm. actor who would presumably play like Indy for three or four films. Hopefully. But we're already in 1945. Yeah, it's true. Where do you, like, if you were going to do a follow-up to this, would it have to be well, following this? Or man, could you be like, hey, it's here's not a story. Like, you know, it's not like I've already or... started working on the follow-up. And it's not <laughs> like it's a prequel set in China mm. with Short Round all grown up. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I would. I actually, when you, at the start, when Indy got in the car and had the fight, um, before he cut his hand off, I thought Short Round was going to be driving the car. And I went, wait, no, Short Round's like a kid still. Like he's not. <laughs> Although he drives a car in. Yeah. Yeah. Short Round. Short Round. No, short Mac round. driving the car is good. Mac's good. good. He'll make his way back. But I wanted to have Mac in this film a lot. Mm. Mac's great. Of, I really like Mac. I really love Ray Winstone as an actor. Yeah. And everything he's in, I think he does a great job. So would you in. reuse him? See, that's the thing. I'm mm. not sure. Because on the one hand, Ray Winstone hasn't really aged. In the past 20 years? He hasn't. Like, he, he looks younger than sure. Harrison Ford. Yeah. Yeah, but would... Because this film... If this film yeah. started production today, this is starting production 10 years after Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, in which case Ray Winstone was playing a Mac which was 10 years older than the Mac in this film. Mm. So he has to look 20 years younger. And Ray Winstone can look 10 years younger. You'd get I someone I don't else. think he can use yeah. I would get, for yeah. 20 years younger. I, I but like I wanted to include him John in the Hamm. film. Because I wanted to... Uh, sort of retroactively in this, you know, provide a bit of movie maintenance and sort of fix Kingdom of the Crystal Skull a little bit as well yeah. by actually having, uh, you know, showing you Indy and Mac being friends yeah. because there's that great I moment like in the first two minutes of Kingdom of the Crystal Skull where, oh no, Mac, this character we met 90 seconds ago has betrayed him. Oh, betrayed him. Yeah. Oh, damn. Yeah. Now suddenly that has this a lot nice. more weight. It says a lot more weight. Hmm. Like, you know, 20 years worth of friendship of weight. It's yeah. nice. Yeah. Um, Oh, I, I mean, I like John Hamm, but I reckon you go a little bit younger. Who would I don't you have. A, I don't have someone to throw up for. It. I don't <laughs> really know. I mean, everyone's typical ones like get Chris Pratt, but Chris Pratt would be if you were doing indie. I mean, how old is Chris Pratt? He's and again, no, mid thirties, early thirties. I'm not really sure. With I don't. Chris Pratt I really don't like no. Chris Pratt or the other second choice, Bradley him, Cooper, like, as Indiana Jones. No, do people want Bradley Cooper? For people Indiana Jones? always pick Brad Cooper no, or Chris Pratt, and I don't want either one. No, I can't get the two. That's weird to say, like, they're too Hollywood. Mm. Like, they don't feel... Indy sort of always kind of feels like a bit of an everyman. Cause yeah, he's, sure. 
you know, he's superhuman and he does all this great stuff, but he's still quite relatable. And Harrison Ford brings that earthiness out of right. him, out of him, which Harrison Ford does quite well, which you don't get with a lot of big Hollywood actors. Who can play mm. like cranky and still charming, or cranky but charismatic? John Hamm. Mm. I just, I reckon he's just a little bit old. He's the perfect age. But if you were going, <laughs> but if you were going to do like four films with him, because I just, I, I just want if you're going to like re- reset indie. You've got a good thirty years before he's Harrison's age. Hmm. I don't know. I'm I'm on board with John Hamm. I think uh, I like, I, like I think I am. It's just the age factor because Harrison. It's just it's only because Harrison Ford. Yeah, he's seventy, hmm. but like, yeah, you know, just, he looks like he's sixty. Just <laughs> picture Harrison, not Harrison Ford. Just picture John Hamm in the hat, the jacket. Oh yeah, no, I like I I when you said it, I'm like yeah. Physically, good. he's a great match. It's good. I just, I just, he's technically, he's actor. an amazing actor. Right, yeah, he's got great range. He's funny and he's dramatic. He can really, I think he'd be a great indie. Yeah. He'd be good. So, Mac, I mean, Ray Winston would be perfect, but I, I reckon you do just go younger. I've so, you got, want like a British actor. I've got mm. Paul Anderson for Mac. Who's, what's he, I don't know that He guy. is not a very well-known actor, unfortunately. Have you seen Peaky Blinders? No, I haven't seen it. No, me neither. He plays uh, Arthur Shelby in Peaky Blinders, okay. and he's just amazing. It takes a really, really good actor to sort of outshine Tom Hardy in a scene. Yeah, and sure. He I actually thought Tom Hardy for Mac. He was one of my choices, but yeah. again, he's a bit too big. Tom yeah. Hardy's kind of well, a leading Tom man Hardy's these like, days. He's different in every film, though. Like, it's he's not like he's, that, he's not like an actor like... Mm. You kind of feel like he just doesn't give a shit. He'll do anything if he thinks it's worthy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but more than that, like what I mean is he's not the kind of actor where if you cast him, you go, oh, fuck, he's always playing that guy or right. something because yeah. he's always different in like everything you've ever sure. seen him in. Um, so he's not too like Hollywood or recognisable for it. No, he's done very small stuff. He was in the second Sherlock Holmes Guy Ritchie film. If either of you have seen that yeah, one? Yeah, I've seen it. Who did he play? He played Colonel Sebastian Moran, who oh, was uh, Moradi's right-hand man. He yeah, was in yeah, The yeah. Revenant, but tiny role in The Revenant. If you remember The Revenant, there's a British trapper who's very British. We're talking the other guy, not Tom Hardy? The other guy, not Tom Hardy. Okay. I was trying to picture Tom We're Hardy clearly and, not and Sherlock Tom Holmes. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, hang on. But, no, but then he went Revenant, and I was like, hey, we're back. We're back. <laughs> okay, yeah. I'm seeing connections. Yep. <laughs> I did think about Tom Hardy for Mac, but yeah, I think you know, yeah. it's a supporting role. I don't want to use Tom yeah. Hardy for that. Sure. Tom Hardy's going to be busy making more Mad Maxes. Mm. Yeah. All right. So who did you have Maggie. for Maggie? Well, my initial instinct for Maggie is to go with Hayley Atwell. Because I'm madly in love with Hayley Atwell, yeah, she'd be and good. I just want her to be happy. Yeah, <laughs> and I think giving her major movie roles would make her happy. Yeah. But yep. would make us all happy. I think mm. it's a bit too similar to Peggy Carter. Don't mind it though. I don't really mind that, but no, she because might. she's a bit. And I, again, I want to make her happy. She's like, yeah, she's not as pure as Peggy. She's not pure. Like she's, she'll have sex with a guy and steal his map. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She's my first choice. Backup choice would be like Emily Blunt. Emily Blunt's great. Yeah, mm. yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I could see her with John mm. Hamm. Mm. I don't mean I can picture them having sex. I just mean on screen, I can picture some chemistry. <laughs> okay, good. Glad we get on And also, the, and also the other thing too. But yeah, you brought it up. <laughs> um, who have you got for Captain Hook? <laughs> <laughs> now that's Colonel Hook. Because you know I thought, and we've we've used him, I think, in a few things now. Yep. Um, but I just picture it as Mads Mikkelsen with oh. a hook. <laughs> I'm gonna. Okay. Hey, come here. Yeah. Look at my look at my notes, mate. Yeah, Mads. There he is. Mm. Mads was my first choice for yeah. Captain Hook. Backup choice is Viggo Mortensen. Oh, Ooh, see, there okay. you go. Yeah. Because okay, so we used uh, Mads um, in a, another episode for Dracula. 
but Vigo uh, was discussed as well. Mm. I think those two kind of go a bit hand in hand. They're both they, like they, really great, yeah. intense, powerful yeah, actors. Intense. Jeez, I'd yeah. like to see Vigo Mortensen in, in an Indiana Jones film. Yeah. He would be a great yeah, Nazi that'd villain. Be good. But can yeah. you imagine? Let's Mads. go with Vigo. Mads has got a lot on his plate, but yeah. he's got the scarlet face with the hook hand. Oh, yeah. fuck! <laughs> can you imagine how perfect that is? Such a good character. I think he's a better fit with John Hamm's Indy because I want Colonel Stagg and Indy to be the opposite. Who's the better fit, Mads or Vigo? Mads. Okay, yeah. yeah. To be like their opposite numbers, because these guys were doing the same thing, just on the other sides of the whole war. Yeah, sure. It's a bit like his Moriarty type yeah. thing, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's really fucking good. Would you, if you were going to do like a follow-up to this, would you use... Oh, no, he dies. Fuck. Yeah. Can we keep him alive? Because he's such a good character. <laughs> we can do prequels. <sighs> what if like Indy like has that hero's conscience thing and like drags him out? But he's an absolutely horrible Nazi in the worst way. What right. I wanted he's to a real do, piece of shit. What mm. I did with Colonel Stagg was I thought about the great villains in Indiana Jones the trilogy. It does yeah. have a good arc too. It's and good. you've got in the first and Raiders you get the three villains. You've got Tot, you've got Dietrich, and you've got Belloc. Yep. So with Stagg, I just put them all into one character. Mm-hmm. So you've got all the horrible Nazi fanaticism. Fanaticism. Yep. Fanaticism. Fanatis- Fanta. Ugh. Lots of Fanta. <laughs> of that, you've got um, Belloc's like, drive and obsessiveness yeah. and uh, Dietrich's military might. Although what you find and with... And a yeah, hook. And a hook. <laughs> it's shiny. I like what? the idea of a man with a whip fighting a man with a hook. Oh, it's fucking great. Why. Imagine yeah. just catching that whip at one point yeah. with the hook. Oh, yeah. Holy shit, man. Fuck. Oh. I was waiting for them to have a sword <laughs> fight when they were jumping around on the different ships, the Viking ships. Mm. What happened to Excalibur? That was just the cold open, man. Oh, my God. It's in a museum. It's in a museum somewhere. Indeed. He's too good. Um, What I have found with Indiana Jones movies, typically, they have sort of like the physical villain and the intellectual villain, whereas Mm. you've sort of merged them. I sort of merged them. I still kept uh, the big Nazi fight. You got the big dude. Which, by the way, way, uh, Huffle Benson, the mountain from Game of Thrones. Oh, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's perfect. Shit, man. He would just crush John Hamm and his fucking arms. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. I like that you like the bullfight because that was what gave me so much pause for so long writing this. No, that was good. I needed an animal moment in this movie and I just couldn't work it out. I'd like it even more of it because I I thought you were going to have the whole thing. He fights him and goes, I can't beat this guy. And he just shoots him. I would even like it if, like, the film built up to it, like, and he's like, pulls it for the gun, and then there's the bull thing. You're like, what yeah. the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, of course, they're in Spain. Yeah. That would be an excellent course. moment, yeah. Yeah. It's cool. I like it. Yeah. Good indie, good indie feel to it. It's very action-packed, Goose. Yeah. Yeah, well, what I was trying to do with the story and the plot was just pull a Force Awakens. Yeah. Because mm. this plot, beat for beat, I've matched it with Raiders. Yeah, but I think so that what for a would... film like Indiana Jones, yeah. mm. that's perfectly fine. You do Absolutely. That. You oh, want to yeah. tell, you don't want to get, you didn't really have like moments where we got bogged down. It's kind of like exposition on the run. Yeah. yeah. We're learning things on the run. Like the only bit, and this is perfectly fine for it to have, was that train bit where it's like, that's probably the midpoint of the film. And mm. it's where we whoo, take I'm a deep breath, yeah, yeah, look yeah. at the map, all that sort of stuff. And then it mm. kicks off again and gets yeah. crazy. And it's, yeah, fucking loved it. No, I yeah. just want people to see this in the cinema, go home, go on Reddit, and then realize, Wait a second. <laughs> that done dupes me. Yeah. That movie is Raiders. Because <laughs> yeah. the whole film is meant to mirror Indy's arc of, you know, getting back into adventure. And it's yeah. meant to get us, the audience, back into the adventure, back into yes. Indiana Jones. Because there are no other films really quite like Indiana Jones. No. Yeah. They don't happen anymore. Oh, yeah. And it's they're the best kind a, of film. And it's a I tragedy. Because I love a good I do love adventure. your approach to it too, because you would think like if uh, eventually if they do recast and sort of mm-hmm. reboot the whole thing, 
they would probably do like Indiana Jones Origins and start from the start. But right. I just love that. It, like the beauty of Indiana Jones, the character is you just jump in any time. Yeah, jump well, in any time yeah. in the like you know in the in that sort of war period with the Nazis or whatever, and just mm. tell fucking adventures because there's so many things that they could be on the hunt for, and because it's that's the like. That's the cool thing when you're telling stories about Nazis. We did it a bit with the Phantom episode as well when mm. he's fighting Hitler. The Nazis were just after all sorts of shit. Any like mm. relic type thing that they thought would give them power, yeah. they're after that shit. That's yeah, cool. And of course, Indiana Jones would naturally it, yeah. be like, no, we're going to find that and stop you. Yes. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, and just going around looking. And when I was researching this film, by the way, when I said a few months ago, I said, hey, guys, I'm going to do an Indiana Jones movie. And yeah. I was thinking, yeah, because I love Indiana Jones. Mm. Boy, did I overcommit in every yeah. sense of the word. <laughs> it was difficult, but I like it. It was fun. Yeah. And this fun movie, mm. and I wish there were more like them these So days. it'd be um, your ideal director is Spielberg? I would want Spielberg back. Spielberg's my favorite director, so mm-hmm. I'm always going to say, who should direct this movie? Spielberg. Yes. Oh, beautiful films. Yeah. But yeah, I guess if you couldn't get Spielberg, like you said before, J.J. J.J., if you want yeah, imitation yeah. Spielberg, get J.J. Yeah. Abrams. Yeah. yeah. You can hand it off to Nicholas the- Wendingerson and just... That would be nuts. That'd be a fucking yeah. time. <laughs> Give it to the guys who did Stranger Things. You know? yeah. That would actually be fantastic. That, would be, that could be cool. Yeah. yeah. But I, I mean, in your in your action uh, cold open, I was just totally picturing like um, just saving Private Ryan, but with Indiana yeah. Jones in the middle of like this chaos. And it was right. fun. It's fucking cool, man. Yeah, bombs dropping, loving it. Awesome. That was always Excalibur. Indiana <laughs> <laughs> Jones pulling Excalibur. <laughs> Oh I've God. wanted Indiana Jones to find Excalibur since I saw the films as a child. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just great. It so. is good. It Fuck, is good. I love Indy. Yeah. I He's the best. <sighs> so for just for future ones, would you have more Norse mythology, do you think? Because obviously that's pretty fertile ground. I Probably not. Yeah, I don't know if you'd want to do it again. Would yeah. You? I don't know. Once I, mean, I think the, you've gone once because we went we went all out with this one. Mm. Like you go into you go into uh, Idrisil, Idrisil, yes. and yeah. you know, <laughs> fuck, so many. I re- had to research how to say all these goddamn names. Oh, yeah. And you go into Valhalla, Idrisil. and that's the pinnacle of Norse right. mythology, really. Yeah. Plus, yeah. if you spend too much time in Norse mythology, everyone's going to be like, "Hey, hey, Thor, hey, sure, hey, sure." Hey. Yeah. I could have done without the bear, probably. The bear was a last minute. He, Just because uh, nothing really comes of it, except for the surprise, I guess. Can we have it that... represent his dad in some way? Ooh. Ooh the old bear. The bear, because I'm a wanker, right, <laughs> is a metaphor for the giants, for the giant realm. Oh, so okay, in this, okay. as they're going through, they're sort of like traveling through realms, yeah, and the okay. giant bear would be the giant realm. That was my thinking. Plus, the bear, for a long time, was the only animal I had in the mm, movie, and yeah. I needed to have an animal. Yeah. And there's not a great choice of dangerous animals in Europe, northern Europe no, other no. than bears. Actually, there are no bears in Iceland. No. <laughs> like I researched, no. occasionally they float over from yeah, Greenland. But, sorry, it's a Viking yeah. mutant bear that lives in a cave. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's totally fine. <laughs> I think it'd be all right if it was just a bit longer. Like It just seemed like a bear comes out, oh, shit, what are mm. we going to do? And then... Um, he shoots it. No, it's like Up sure. until about like four hours ago, it was longer. Mm. It was going to be like this pitch black sort oh, of fight. Oh, mate. So they could Fuck hear yeah. the bear, but they, could only, <laughs> they couldn't really see the bear. Oh, and they just hear it like breathing and it's hear oh, it breathing. Like they'll Ooh. try and light the way <laughs> with the that. ladders. That's yeah. fucking cool. That's yeah. Cool. That's oh, good. Yeah, do that. Yep. Do that. All right. Because cool. yeah, at the moment, I was just kind of like, oh, you just mm. killed that sweet animal who was going to rip <laughs> their faces off. Um, I also want to remind like, everybody that Colonel Stagg was a dickhead. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. we need to remind <laughs> it just, The bear should come at them, and then suddenly it just goes, and it stops, and then it falls down, and he's just got, like, blood on his hook. <laughs> he's just stabbed it in the back. 
No, but that'd be cool, like, because you've got, so you've got your three main characters and then, like, I guess with the bear you could do, like, they have to work as a team because, I mean, they've sort of, they've had their, she's betrayed them or whatever, they've kind of broken up you, a little bit. You and mean, then maybe three they come good back. guys, you know what I mean? Yeah, sorry, oh, three yeah, good right. guys. Okay, yeah. yeah. I you like, she's betrayed them and now, like, maybe the light, I mean, it's dark in the cave and they've got to, all right, we, the three of us have to work yeah. together as a team and stop the bear or, mm-hmm. yeah. But, yeah, or just have Hook kill it. <laughs> In the back, just stab it mm, so many times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Speaking of changes, does he have a little lackey who just polishes his hook for him? <laughs> Sharpens it. Yeah. Speaking of changes I've made very recently, up until about two hours ago, I was going to kill off Maggie. Okay. Ooh. In the final bit, how so? She was going to get shot when they were crossing the bridge and the uh, the All bridge right. of uh, ships. How, how was how was Indy going to react to that? Because that's heavy. Like mm. they haven't really done anything like that in one of the movies. That's why no. I c- for all like the bad shit that happens in the mm. Nazi scumbags mm. that are in it, it's normally like pretty, pretty top happy ending. Yeah. Yeah. That is yeah. why I changed it at the end. Yeah. I, I, I yeah. think I, I like a bit of a downer yeah. if I do kill no, Maggie. Yeah. Because she does have that arc of sort of coming around, being like, "Okay, fortune and glory, not that great, saving mm. the world, good." It's, yeah, it gives you that really warm. And nice then I was going to be like, "Tragedy, ha!" But mm. I thought, "Hang on, Tom, you can't end every script you write with tragedy." <laughs> <laughs> so I decided to keep Maggie alive at the last minute. Yeah. Also, I think it was because I decided very early on that I was going to cast Haley Atwell as Maggie. Yeah. Like, I can't bring myself can't to kill her. <laughs> I had a, like the tiniest moment. I can't remember where it was in the script. I'm like, "Oh no, I hope Mac doesn't die." And then oh, Mac's not going to die because he's in like Crystal <laughs> right. Skull, and like it's 20 years from now. It's fine. It's all good. Yeah, uh, I love. Maggie. I think you have to put Maggie in danger a lot in this movie. Mm. She's the only reasonably one that can die because sure. you know. Indy and Mac are going to make right. it through. You want to give the fear yeah. that she's going to die, but then not actually have to follow up on it. Yeah. Because you don't want to be a bigger monster than Stag and kill Hayley Atwell. Yeah. Then or you'd Marvel be... and cancel her show. Yeah. <laughs> sons of Wait, so that's the show's gone? Yeah. Yeah. Engine Carter is no more. No. Didn't like, I thought another network maybe was going to, oh, is that just people like signing I think a petition? Like, hey, Netflix, pick it <laughs> yeah, up. Yeah. 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 I only watched the first season. I didn't mind it, but I, I didn't like love it. it. First season's quite good. Second yeah. season wasn't super great, but mm. it's fine. You yeah. get to see more of Dominic Cooper, our favourite boy. Mm. Yeah, he's okay. Doing Howard Stark. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. In some things. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly not Warcraft. He plays uh, Howard Stark as this like crazy eccentric film director in season two. It's okay. really funny. Yeah, it's good. For like the whole season, that's like his thing. Yeah, well, it's set in LA, and for like a tax write-off purpose, he's does the whole shit that they moved to LA. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's cool. I'm gonna watch it. <laughs> Sold. It's, it's okay. I kind of liked season one. It sort of ended with you know her finally letting go of Steve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was like, all right, cool. I yeah. I didn't like the treatment of um, who's the guy with like the sort of the bung leg in the office. Now he asks her out, and she's yeah. just kind of like, no. Yeah. And then goes back to her desk, and you get the moment where she smiles because mm. she's like, she kind of likes him, sure. but he doesn't see the smile. No. And so the season ends with just this. Little sort of crippled guy being like, oh, yeah, <laughs> that was me. I was like, fuck you. <laughs> if it makes you feel better, yeah, comes back around in season two. Cool. That's nice. Okay. All right. I'm back. I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> What's it on? Is it streaming somewhere? Yeah, um, it may be found on bays where pirates sometimes are. Oh, cool, mm. cool, cool. Viking just, pirates just that have bears. That... Viking pirates with massive bears. Yeah. <laughs> hook hands, of course. Hook hands. Gotta have a hook hand. I'm, I, when you... For a little bit there, I was like picturing Buster from Arrested Development. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm a monster. I would love to see Buster yelling Tony that Hale. nasty rhetoric <laughs> at the top of his lungs. Tony Hale would be a fantastic Colonel Stag. Oh, interesting. Sorry, Mads. Sorry, Vigo. Step yeah, aside, I've got Mads. a higher caliber of acting. <laughs> and on that note, I've been Tom. 
I've been Damien. I've been Sean. And if you have any thoughts on what you want to see in the next Indiana Jones film, get in touch with us. You can like us on Facebook, email us at sanspantsradio at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at sanspantsradio. Or you can get up in our grills on our individual Twitters. I am at Tom Edgoose. I'm at Midday Pajamas. And I'm at Sidekick of Dowie. See you next time. If you think this show is worth at least a dollar, why not donate to our Patreon account? Follow the links on our website, sanspantsradio.com. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hi, I'm Jesse Crookshank. Jesse Crookshank. I host the number one comedy podcast called Phone a Friend. Girl. Let's phone a friend. Not only do I break down the biggest stories in pop culture with guests like Dan Levy and members of InSync, I do it with my own personal boy band singing jingles throughout because it's my show. It's your show, girl. New episodes of Phone a Friend. Yeah. Drop Thursdays wherever you get your podcasts. So work it, girl. Yeah, work it. Okay, that's enough. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. <laughs>